It's time to get in the zone. The Fantasy Football Zone. Hey guys, where else would you rather be? Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. And once again, we are joined by Rotowire.com's Jake Latarski. Jake, how you doing this week? You know, I've, I've had better mornings. That Brewer loss hit me oh. hard last night. But overall, you know, I can, uh, like we were talking about beforehand, you know, I still got that Bucks championship to cling on to. Packers played a exciting, but, uh, you know, another heart attack kind of game this week for us. And uh, overall, you know, we'll, t- we'll take the win, this, the wins that we did get this week in Wisconsin sports and and move on. And, and of course, big high-scoring fantasy week, too. I've seen some, you know, just standard formats have teams randomly get 190, 200 points. So it's a crazy week, but, you know, now we have bye weeks coming up and, and we have to adjust. Well, Jake, you have helped me to see things in a more positive light this morning. I was in, in a little <laughs> negative, but I'm like, yes, we do have to count our blessings. At least one team in this state won a championship for the first time in their 50 years. I mean, we've got to enjoy things, right? Yeah, exactly. Everything else in 2020, I, I described <laughs> it, is, is pretty much house money. It's all, it's all a bonus, you know. If the Packers can get there, amazing. But, uh, you know, we're still ahead for the years, Wisconsin sports fans. All right, so we're going to start off, and, you know, the big thing, it broke Monday night. Uh, John Gruden mm-hmm. fired as the Raiders head coach. Obviously, what was done, totally wrong understandable all mm-hmm. that what we're looking here is to address you know how this a coaching change like this might affect fantasy um especially mm-hmm. you know mid-season changes historically coaches don't usually you know implement new offenses and everything so what can we expect from uh you know owners that have raiders players for the rest of the season yeah, that's one of the things that I like about, you know, getting to work on the fantasy side of things that I don't have to sit and like necessarily comment at length at these situations. Always unfortunate when you see a guy's, you know, true colors come out that way. But when you move to the fantasy side of things, really, I think that is a little bit of an overblown narrative. I mean, the guy that's taking over here, Rich Passaccia, it was the special teams coach and the assistant coach, head coach, basically. So he was, uh, you know, he gets to see both sides of things. And I, like you said, I don't think he really changes up that offense a ton. It's still the same playbook. It's still the same read progression and route trees for Derek Carr. So, you know, you could try to make a narrative where like, oh, maybe he'll be smarter and he'll give Kate Peyton Barber less carries and Kenyon Drake more carries. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't really have any way to substantiate that. So I'd stick to status quo for most of these guys. I mean, Waller's still a top five tight end. Um, you know, Jacobs is still in play when he's healthy and starting, you know, Renfro is kind of a fringe flex guy that will help in PPRs. I mean, the outlook stays the same for these guys uh, for the most part here, you know, the distraction. Yeah, it was a distraction for a couple of days, you know, and, and then they're off day Tuesday, but you know, these are professional athletes here. And I think some of the narrative just gets a little bit overblown. Well, you know, we had just some wild games as we talked about last week, the Packers Bengals games, no one could make a kick. Uh, I mean, that Browns-Chargers game, also wild, controversial call at the end. And again, like you said, a lot of that affected fantasy big time this past week. Yeah, I mean, high-scoring games across the board, especially on Monday night. I mean, I saw people going in with 70-point leads to their Monday night games. <laughs> And and then somehow getting beat. And that that very, very rarely happens at all. I could not believe the Colts defense after starting so well. They just tired out so fast. Yeah. And uh, and and the big takeaway was Lamar Jackson. You know, this is 
I believe his career best passing yards. I mean, he pretty much had his career best passing yards, Mark, in the second half. I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be close on that. But, you know, we saw him do, do it with his arm, which is the big criticism. Of course, a career day for Mark Andrews. And on the other side, you know, one of the best games of Michael Pittman's career, Jonathan Taylor is going off being good. I mean, it's just a fantasy we call it a fantasy carnival when you have games yeah. like this where all your big studs end up getting their points here. So, no, it was a very high-scoring week, and uh, things should come back down to earth a little bit with bye weeks, though. I, I could tell you the Lamar Jackson example. Yes, I was going against Lamar, and I was up 10 points at halftime of that game, and I'm like, okay, this might be doable. I might pull this out. No, I ended mm-hmm. up losing the game by, like, 25 points. I'm like, what happened? I mean, that yeah. was wild on Monday. Mm-hmm. I had one where uh, I had Justin Tucker and I was going against Mark Andrews and I had to make up oh. a few points and going into the game. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I, you know, Mark Andrews has some duds once in a while. Tucker's <laughs> a stud. And of course, he got he was the only fantasy stud that didn't produce in this game because they were had to keep going for two at the end of the game. The kicking in this game, as well as the Packer game, was yeah. kind of uh, a lot of shenanigans. Even the Chargers, you know, missed two of their extra point attempts. So kicking was wild this week. You know, we had winds swirling across the Midwest. I'll, I'll just blame <laughs> it on that and, and move on. But no, uh, yeah, huge fantasy week. And this is what we love to see. And, you know, you know, you said Andrews there, but also David Njoku, whoever, you know, guessed that, that he was going to have a breakout performance last week, just get a lottery ticket now. Yeah, I'm definitely guessing <laughs> that that made a DraftKings millionaire this week. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was a wild week uh, of football here. And we, that's what we love it. That's why we love playing this now. Also kind of, uh, you know, things not going good once again in New York. The Giants, I don't know what it is the last couple of years. They've just been a walking mash unit, and that just continues to be the theme this year. Uh, that Daniel Jones uh, hit, that was scary. And to see that uh, after, you know, after they showed the initial reaction of him just staggering, you knew he had a concussion. Saquon Barkley on a play that... If that was strange. I know he had to go, you know, reach back for the pass, but he was basically pulling up on the play, and then that's how he got injured. Just, again, some just strange injuries for the New York Giants, and how do you deal with that if you're going to pick somebody off a of Big Blue this week? Yeah, this makes a very interesting landscape for both the team and for the waiver wire here. Now, uh, Saquon Barkley's injury, it looks, at least on the surface for now, that it's not a super serious multi-week thing. Now, he's not going to practice today. They they went out of their way to call it the low ankle sprain. And I, I always think that's funny because you've never heard of <laughs> low ankle sprains up until this year. It's like a way teams just decide, well, it's not a high ankle sprain. So they just throw the opposite term in there, which is funny. But uh, I would be surprised if he plays this week, which gives uh, Devontae Booker a pretty solid, um, you know, a, a, Outlook as a uh, as a free agent pickup, he was pretty much universally available outside of the deepest of leagues. Here, they do have a tough matchup against Aaron Donald and the Rams, and that's the biggest knock uh, for for him. And the other the other thing is the wide receiving landscape. Yes. Also, you know, you got Kenny Galladay, hyperextended his knee. Shepard and Slayton, neither of them played with a hamstring injury. We'll have to watch practice participation this week. Um, but those soft tissue injuries can always extend multiple weeks here. So that leaves us with. Kadarius Tony. Now he was had an exciting, probably one of the more exciting breakout games that we can remember going off for the scores. And of course, getting tossed uh, after throwing that punch here again, I'll never understand why he punched somebody with the helmet on, but yeah. you know, heat of the moment, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that, that just astounds me. Kadarius Tony is like scary 
similar to Odell Beckham. Like their measurables line up the same. And, you know, he comes with a little bit of that, uh, that uh, they play fiery, I guess we'll call it that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no, Tony is a guy that I like. Uh, I like getting him for dynasty leagues. I mean, he was a first round pick. He's got the pedigree here. Uh, I think he's a great pickup the rest of the season and could potentially be, uh, you know, a game changer. If you have him throwing in your wide receiver three, again, you kind of have to, give him the uh, the benefit of having, you know, all of the other players around him injured. And of course he's going to have uh Ramsey this week with the Rams. And uh, of course, Mike Glennon will be his quarterback. Glennon may be a pickup for two quarterback leagues at best, but in our standard 12 team, one quarterback, we can ignore them. So uh Tony is the guy that I'm most excited about, even though book Booker is a strong, he's one of the top two backs to look at this week, uh, given what we have. But uh, the issue is it's definitely a plug and play. It's a short term. So if you have Elvin Kamara on back on a bye this week, for yeah. example, and you know you're going to start him every week the rest of the week, then uh, then Booker's not a not a bad guy to pick up just for your one week. And you can hope he finds the end zone, even with a tough matchup. And yeah, that leads into our next uh, topic here. Bye weeks. They start this week. Now, again, not not, you know, huge names like you mentioned, Kamara, maybe the biggest name here that's going to be off this week. You got the Falcons, Saints, Jets. Mm-hmm. 49ers, they are all on the bye. So, again, that's why am I even mentioning the Giants in that tough matchup against the Rams? Well, some you got to find somebody with four teams out, yep. and you might not have it on your bench. So, here mm-hmm. we go. This is where we start you know, utilizing the waiver, waiver wire to what it's meant to be and help you out during these weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you have you have Kamara on by that. Of course, you said that's the biggest one. But, you know, you can't forget about Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Cordero Patterson, who's been such a fantasy, impactful fantasy performer. And, and then you know, and then you have the 49ers who are just a mess here. But, yeah. you know, I guess we relate that to the waiver wire a little bit here. I, I already touched on Booker. The other running back that, of course, you have to take a look at is Daryl Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. I've seen him. The bid range that I've seen in my Tuesday Fab Leagues has been just, it's been so wide here. You know, I put a 20% keep him honest bid in, and I was not even close to getting him. Um, and he's the top running back with good reason. You know, you play on the top offense in the league. I know the Chiefs have, have taken a lot of heat this year and maybe have underperformed a little bit of late, but I still, you know, you look at that offense top to bottom, I will say the top offense in the league. You're the you're the RB1 on the top offense. There's absolutely value there. And the thing is, Darrell Williams' value lies much further beyond uh, Devontae Booker. It's like a three, four week thing for mm-hmm. Edwards Hilaire, who I believe it was a, it was a sprayed MCL. So, uh, so again, the, the value is there. Now, if you look at it straight up, you know, is Daryl Williams or Devontae Booker, who's the better player, you know, raw skills and whatnot. I, I'd give it to Devontae Booker, but uh, fantasy's half, you know, skill and half opportunity for me is how I make these decisions. So definitely looking at Daryl Williams here. Um Tight end. I want to mention uh, the the top pickup at tight end is probably Zach Ertz with Dallas Goddard on the COVID list. I mean, Philly runs yeah. the way that their base offense is. They run so many of these uh, two tight end sets and Goddard's. And, and I mean, Hurt, Hurts loves throwing to the tight end. So he's definitely the guy here. So if you're still worrying about Kittle on IR or Pitts on a bye or, you know, or that kind of thing, um, you know, Ertz is your guy. And I'll do a couple quick hitters. Obviously, you got to look at Geno Smith for two quarterback leagues with Russell Wilson set for an extended absence and uh i don't i don't know if we mentioned this but uh you know quintus cephas for the lions has a, has a broken collarbone and he's out for the year so the guy getting most of the touches is amonra st brown you know he's about 70 percent of snaps so uh a lot of waiver wire options to look at this year this week the only 15 to 20 percent 
first claim type guys are probably Darrell Williams and Devontae Booker. But I mean, Gino, St. Brown, Zach Ertz, and even I'll throw one more in the Colts defense. I know they didn't look so great against Lamar Jackson, but they got the Texans and they have a nice, uh, yeah. a nice upcoming four or five game stretch. If you don't want to worry about them, you know, the, I think the Jets are in there and the Jags, the, the defense there is just perfect for uh, or the division. There is perfect for that defense, you know, with some of the bad matchups they get. So uh, I'd be looking at them too. All right. So Again, waiver wire got that. I had to pick up Mo Alley Cox of the uh, of the Colts too at tight end because I thought, well, Wentz usually likes to go to a tight end, so mm-hmm. I I'm like Kittle's out for me. He's on IR. Uh, I, I can't remember who else I had, but I had to cut them because they were injured too. So I'm yeah. like, I've got to roll with this guy because here we are bye weeks. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be tempted to chase the you know Najoku or Howard box scores yes. necessarily, but yep. uh, uh, you, you know sometimes if you, if you weren't lucky enough to stumble onto Dawson Knox of the yes. Bills, who seems like yep. he's going to be doing well for the rest of the year, Ertz isn't a bad consolation prize, so it will definitely take a look. All right, panic button time after uh, this week here at Week Five performances. Uh, who are we a little bit more concerned about as uh, things go on? Yeah, so I touched on it a little bit with the bye weeks, but the 49ers, if it's not Debo Samuel or even Kittle on IR, what can you really trust here? And you're going to have to make some tough decisions. So obviously you panic on the 49ers team because, you know, Garoppolo or Lance hurt himself in this game. So we don't know what he's going to be available. And he hasn't necessarily looked that great. Anyway, Garoppolo's got his calf injury. The running back situation is a mess, but I've definitely, I have cut Trey Sermon in some leagues. I know that's pretty bold, but he was only out on the field for 3.1% of snaps last week with uh, Mitchell back. So I'm cutting bait there. Ayuk might be a tough cut for people. I still, you know, maybe I I cling too long to some of my preseason guys that I liked. And I still think physically Ayuk has, is is the perfect setup to be a productive receiver in this league. But if you're not on the field and you're not getting targets, that's another drop. Um, I wanted to touch on one thing that's going to be tough for some Packer fans to hear, but they probably have to hear Robert Tunyon just is not getting the volume here to be, to be warranted. Some guy you start every week. Now I know he was double digit touchdowns last year and pretty much a top 10 at the position, but three or less catches every single week. And now he's got three, three, three consecutive weeks under 10 receiving yards. You're just not getting the volume here uh, to be, to warrant, an automatic start in fantasy every week. So again, I, I could swap Ertz for Tanyan and, and, and I wouldn't worry about it too much here. So those are the couple of guys that I wanted to, uh, you know, panic meet, meters tough. Yeah. Because sometimes in this seg in this segment, it's like, Oh, this guy's just in a slump, yeah. but there's no way we're going to actually cut him or, or move on. And there's no real realistic trade in fantasy football. But some of these guys, you know, these 49er guys, Tanyan, I even put Singletary, Devin Singletary, the bills on yeah. the borderline chopping yeah. block because Josh Allen doesn't throw to his running backs. And Zach Moss is now up to the point where he gets all the goal line carries and it's about a 70, 30 split here. So maybe Singletary, again, this Buffalo bills offense is tough to predict on a week to week basis, but he kind of sneaks up into that maybe chopping block territory. I got to ask you too. Uh, you know, it's kind of panic related. If you had Juju Smith Schuster, and you know he's he's done now. James Washington's name has been popping up. Do you go for him, or do you go another option? Well, I I'm not crazy excited about James Washington only because you know okay so the narrative is Big Ben can't throw the deep ball anymore and yeah. he's looking pretty washed he threw a pretty nice ball to Devontae Johnson you know not a ton of air yards there but uh so he's got something left but really this is going to go to I mean it's the Deontay Johnson show 15 to 20 targets any given week moving forward for the rest of the season for Deontay Johnson would be no surprise the main beneficiary is Chase Claypool 
And then you get to the third wide receiver who's coming off a groin injury of his own. Would I do maybe a 1% or, or see if he clears waivers and add him? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a case to be made for that. I, I definitely would. Uh, I'd look at Amon St. Brown first. I'd look at, uh, I, I saw Miko Hardman when we did our waiver wire show yeah. was surprisingly under 50% rostered in both Yahoo and ESPN leagues. So he was a guy that comes up too, because Kelsey's dealing with that stinger and Hill has a minor injury. Not that it's going to keep them off the field, but you know, Hardman goes from maybe a best ball only type guy to someone that you could maybe trust to throw out there uh, this week. So Washington He's on the list, but again, the third option in a in a with with a with a fading quarterback, you know, in the twilight of his career, and a team that's almost certainly giving Najee Harris twenty plus carries a game. Um, there's not a whole lot of opportunity left for a guy like Washington, in my eyes. All right, let's get into studs and duds again. Do the opposite of exactly what I say here. I I know I said DK Metcalf might have a low game. Well, he had two touchdowns and. <laughs> Pretty big I game. So, I had a rough one last week too. <laughs> I feel like I got Hill. I got Hill okay, but we were both yeah. on Eckler, and Eckler yes. goes out and has the best game of the year. And now he's RB one on our value meter this week. So <laughs> you know, who who knows? We like being bold though. So let's keep it going. Yeah. So let's keep it going here at uh, running back. Who do you think is a stud this week? Yeah, there's uh two guys that uh, have outstanding matchups this week. Uh, both, um, let's see here. I've got both um, I wrote James Robinson and Najee Harris. Uh, both of those guys are getting massive, massive usage and they're facing uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the um, defenses that are in the bottom two of the entire NFL among teams that are playing in the Dolphins and Seahawks respectively, um, you know, giving up a ton of touchdowns, ton of yards per carry. Uh, it's just a good, and we rank them RB5 and RB6. Both of those guys will be studs. I know like if you're doing the daily thing necessarily, you know, Derrick Henry is going to be the highest price guy all over the place here, but I think you'll be able to get similar value out of Robinson and Harris this week. I'm uh, going to go with Josh Jacobs in this matchup for the Raiders and Broncos. I think just with everything going on, you know, usually, you know, maybe want to get that run going. And he's had some pretty historical games against the uh, Broncos. Uh, his career, he's had 338 scrimmage yards. Uh, he averages 112 per game against them, six, rush tra- six rushing TDs in uh, three career games against Denver. He's coming off a rushing touchdown last week in his performance. Uh, He's got two in his last three hitting the end zone. So Josh Jacobs, please, I may be a little partial on him because I have him on quite a few teams. I think he's going to break through this week. Yeah, Yeah, this is a real tough one because the Broncos are allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. You know, opposing running backs total are getting just under 12 points a game in half point PPR formats. So the individual matchup is tough, but if you want to dig in on the narrative, I, I guess go for it. We still have him as RB 23 this week. So he's definitely an RB two, at least not someone you'd think about benching. All right. Let's see uh dud running back this week. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be as bold as the call, call out Derrick Henry, but we might need to bring expectations down to earth as the bills are the number two uh, defense and allowing in terms of fantasy points per games, a lot allowed to opposing running backs here. And it's not going to be a great game script, but it might not matter for Derrick Henry because he's catching passes. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Delvin cook coming off an injury. And maybe even not playing this week. And if he does play, he gets the number one team against opposing running backs in the Panthers. And I could see if he does play it being similar to the mix and P Ryan situation this week, or maybe they split it a little bit and in and ease him back in. And of course, in a similar vein, I'm going to go with Chris Carson here. The Steelers had the fourth best defense against uh, opposing running backs, and he's coming off an injury himself. That's probably going to be a nagging injury all year. So 
I maybe I should have pushed the panic button on Carson uh, in in that segment, but yeah. uh, but he wasn't necessarily a, you know your stud RB one to begin with here. So definitely caution on those guys this week. All right, my dud of the week. It is the RB1. I'm going to go with Eckler again. It's got to be the law of averages. It, it has to against Baltimore. It has yes. to, right? May, okay, here's my narrative I'm going to mm-hmm. use with this. West Coast team traveling to the East Coast in a 1 o'clock kickoff or a noon kickoff. So that's what I'll use, and I think he'll have, a, again, he'll score a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to have a huge game this week. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use Eckler in every DFS lineup now, I think. I mean, if you watch the Monday night game, it didn't matter if it was Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, or Naheem Hines. Which, okay, side note, why the heck are they giving the ball to Mack? They want to increase his trade value, duh. Yeah. But he, they each and every single one of those guys were gashing the Ravens uh, between the tackles and, you know, and on the edges. So that, that's a tough one for me to buy. But, you know, I guess everyone's got to re- regress to the mean here eventually. That was Monday night. They now have time to regroup as a defense. They're, they're good. They'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm really trying hard to sell you on this Eckler when I ain't going to work. Uh, let's see. Uh, QB uh, this week. Who are you uh, studying at QB? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get a little spicier with this one, and I'm gonna go out and look for Taylor Heineke this week against the Chiefs. The well, Chiefs that are, was mine last week. The third highest. That was the last week. Uh, yeah. I know, and he's and I mean, obviously Heineke has got he's got his stud. Yeah. And he's got the perfect matchup this week. Third highest yards per attempt, most fantasy points allowed per game to opposing quarterbacks. Twenty eight point seven fantasy points a game to opposing quarterbacks this year. The Chiefs are and. Even if Heineke comes out, gets 22 to 24 points, it's still a plus day. You're throwing them out there in every two quarterback leagues. And, you know, if you were starting, I mean, the quarterbacks on by not necessarily great. I mean, Wilson and the 49ers yeah. and, and Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston. But if you were stuck with one of those guys and have to go to Taylor Heineke, I don't mind it at all. And he might be a cheap DFS guy, too. Yeah, I'm looking at this. I mean, I guess I'll go with Carson Wentz against the Texans. Even though the Texans' pass defense is a little better than I thought it was, they they are actually giving up uh, what mm-hmm. was – I mean, they're in near the top in, top, in the top ten of uh, wide receiver, you know, holding those points down to wideouts. So I see they're doing that all right, but, yeah, the other things they're not. So I, I guess Carson Wentz, I'll roll with him in this matchup against Houston as my stud. Mm-hmm. I hope you're right for the amount of Michael Pittman that I have both in season long and dynasty. I mean, I keep going back to that Monday night game, but that, that catch over the top of uh, that Michael Pittman made was just outstanding. And uh, hopefully once can, can keep it up playing well enough to continue to keep him productive. All right. Who's the dud at quarterback this week? All right. So here we go with (laughs) the quarterback duds. I'm going to go ahead with uh, Dak Prescott this week, uh, going on the road to new England. Got to deal with the Belichick game plan. Uh, and the Patriots are also the sixth best in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks this week. They've only given up, they've only allowed six passing touchdowns in five weeks and uh, 7.33 yards per attempt, which is, you know, right below the uh, the league average there. So, you know, you got to go with the game plan, the road game, and, uh, you know, maybe Dak coming back down to earth a little bit. I could see a low-scoring, run-heavy game, especially with how Zeke's running the ball. And they're not necessarily going to have to throw a ton, I don't think, because there's positive game script here too. So uh, I'm going to back off on Dak just a little bit this week. So, All right, my uh, dud this week. Baker Mayfield in this game against Arizona. I know it's a home game, but that Arizona defense, uh, they can get after it, and I think they're going to put some good pressure on Baker in this game. 
Kind of reminiscent of that game a couple weeks ago against the Bears. I mean, the Bears, they were putting defensive pressure on them, even though they were giving up all the sacks on the offensive end. They were doing an all right job of putting some pressure on Baker, and they they had to rely on the running game, and I think they'll have to a lot in this game, and that's why I think the passing opportunities, if you're looking for another big breakout performance uh, from Baker, I don't think it's going to happen this week. Yeah, and the other thing that uh, the narrative that's being underplayed with this is Baker's been playing through a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. So, yeah, it's not his throwing shoulder, but you're telling me that that doesn't affect you at all. Yeah. The Browns say that it's not that big of a deal, but uh, I don't know. Just the way this running game, the the way this running game works, the two their best offenses when they're running the ball. Um, I would argue to say that Baker is reaching droppable territory here. All right, wide receivers where I am all, well, just about wrong every week on. Uh, let's see, who do you got for a stud this week? Yeah, the stud here is a guy that I know some people have been disappointed about using a first-round pick on him, but this is Stephon Diggs' breakout week okay. through and through. I'm going to go ahead and call that the Titans are dead last in the league in uh, you know, points allowed to opposing wide receivers. And, you know, we talk about your law of averages regress to the mean. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the Dawson Knox, Emmanuel Sanders show forever here. Josh Allen knows who his best pass catcher is, knows who his wide receiver one is, and uh, – you know, maybe the Titans can keep up with them point scoring. That's the one been one of the biggest factors is the Bills blowing people away. But, you know, Diggs has a great setup over the next couple of weeks. Got the Titans, then he's got a bye, and then he's got the uh, the Dolphins, who are 28th against opposing wide receivers. So everything is, is lining up here to a massive Diggs week. Now we rank uh, in our weekly rankings. We go Adams Hill 1-2, which is just about always the case followed by Stefan Diggs here. So uh, he's in for his breakout week and, and fantasy players that have been disappointed so far can finally get their chance to cash in. All right, my stud wideouts. I'm going to go with Robert Woods. I'm going to pick him of the Rams this week, coming off that huge performance, uh, 12 catches, 150 receiving yards last week. I think, you know, he does this in stretches a little bit here, and I think favorable matchup against the Giants secondary this week. I think he can uh, continue it, and I think, Cup plays second fiddle in this one, and Woods again continues to uh, roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Woods uh, is some is on the field for almost one hundred percent of yeah. snaps, so he leads the entire league ninety nine percent of snaps here in, in week five. It, he's just out there all the time, and eventually the thing you know we always we talked about it a little bit last week. It's uh, it's going to level out, and he's going to absolutely produce here. So uh, yeah, Woods now. Cup has one of the best target shares in yes. the entire league. Yes. But uh but Woods is is getting it done with volume and we finally showed how successful he can be last week. And uh Dud at wide receiver this week. Yeah, again, I keep going back to that Monday night game where we saw Hollywood Brown go nuts here, but he's got real tough sledding this week against the Chargers here. The Chargers lock up opposing wide receivers and they get gashed by tight ends and running backs. It's receivers that in that secondary that can't seem to get it done here. So I'm going to say that, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson had his you know career high passing yards or close to it last week. I'm not going to, I don't think he can repeat that in back-to-back weeks. And if he does, it'll be Mark Andrews heavy week again. Um, because even looking back at the, uh, the Browns chargers game, I mean, it was Najoku that had the big game, you know, people's Jones yeah. had a couple catches, didn't score Higgins scored a little bit, but you know, the big fantasy days for the Browns when they scored 42 points were to Chubb hunt and Najoku. Not the wide receivers. Odell Beckham was a non-factor, you know, only was targeted three times, which is a, a whole other different thing. Maybe we can, we could have put in the panic meter segment this yeah. week, but uh, 
But yeah, just the, the way this matchup sets up here, the Ravens are going to run the ball a lot. We'll see a lot of Mark Andrews, but not so much Hollywood Brown. He'll be back to normal this week. My dud at wide receiver, we're going to go to the Monday nighter. A.J. Brown, I don't know health-wise how he's doing or what, but I, I mean, this this Buffalo Bills secondary, we saw it against the Chiefs. They did a great job containing Tyreek Hill and the other weapons there. I read a stat, too. I think they're giving up the least amount of fantasy points to wideouts right now. Um, yes, I got that up right now. Okay. The Bills are number one, and yeah. they're also only five yards per target to opposing yeah. wideouts, which is a crazy stat. Yeah. They're, it's like 1.3 yards less than number two, so they're they're locking down wide receivers. Yeah, so A.J. Brown, I, I don't like him this week. I hope he gets on track sometime this year because, like I said, I got a little personal interest in his uh, production value, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen coming up uh, this week against this Buffalo Bills team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ready to push the panic button on Brown for the year. I feel like he might need a couple weeks to get healthy, but I 100% agree with you in that you can't really count on it this week. So he'll score three touchdowns this week. So there we yep, go. Here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> All right. Bears, Packers, oldest rivalry, of course, in the NFL, and they do it again uh, this time at Soldier Field. I-, I wonder how many more times they'll do it at Soldier Field at, at its current location mm-hmm. with-, with the news coming out of Chicago that they might be moving down the road. So. I guess this is these are starting to get limited matchups down there, but getting ready for this one, it's I, I don't know what to expect. It's always different. It's either going to be a blowout or a close game. Yeah, these never tend to fit the typical narrative. Yeah. You, know, you have Packers four and a half points road favorites, but you know, these rivalry games, sometimes you can throw out what teams have done up to this point here. But um I know the Packers are trying to make some signings to improve their defense, you know. I'd watch out for Allen Robinson this game. Now, here's the thing. We talk about Allen Robinson panic button uh, meter, you know, in this, in in the segment all year long, but this is his week right here. If he doesn't do it this week, he becomes droppable in 10 team formats. I'll I'll be as bold as to say that maybe even 12, because you're going against a, you know, a ragtag bunch in the secondary of rookies and signees and, and banged up players. And it's got to happen uh, one way or another. He at least has to get the targets here. But I would expect, um, you know, a closer game maybe than expected. And the Bears to be run heavy here. You know, one running back that I didn't necessarily mention here in, in our waivers uh, was Khalil Herbert for the Bears, who actually outsnapped Damian Williams. Last week was Damian. Of course, Damian Williams, you know, gets the score, has a decent fantasy day here, um, you know, Came out, played 85% of the snaps in the first quarter, then kind of started to seed to Khalil Herbert a little bit, who got 18 carries uh, to 16 for Damian Williams. So I expect the Bears to go heavy on those two backs, get Allen Robinson involved when they can. I mean, I'm still going to pick the Packers in this one. I don't think, how could you not pick the Packers uh, the way the offense is playing? And hopefully we get Elgin Jenkins back. That's going to be very, very key to... um, to hopefully yeah. you know, to shore up the protection for Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, the Packers still have too many weapons. The Rodgers-Adams connection is basically unstoppable. And, you know, I, I think the Packers go out there and cover, but you never know what these weird, weird yeah. rivalry games. Yeah, the, this is the one you're expecting. Okay, you come off the win against Cincinnati. You see the Bears. Now, I know the Bears are coming off a win against the Raiders, but you're like, okay, they Everything matches up. We should win this game by at least 10 points. And this is the game where we might lose by a field goal because it's just, that's just how Bears-Packers goes. Yeah, I think the the Packers got all that craziness, you know, three-point <laughs> game out of their system last week. I'd like to think that, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you know, people like to people like to get on Crosby, but everyone also forgets that the last time he missed like five kicks in a game, 
he didn't miss for the two years. Two after years. That. Yep. So, exactly. You know, people got, got to keep, got to keep that in mind here. And, you know, again, that weird swirling wind down there in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, no, again, this, this is the Packers game to win through and through. Um, I think they'll be able to beat up on fields a little bit, even though the pass rush isn't what it was. Fields is getting sacked a lot. Now you always, the Packers have had some of their issues against running quarterbacks in the past, but, uh, I think they'll be fine here. They're, even if they're even if their defense gets gashed a little bit, I think they'll be able to keep up with the point scoring. And once again, joined by Jake Latarski, rotowire.com. You've got everything we need to help out with these tough decisions, especially with bye weeks on hand here at uh, Rotowire. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I mean, all the stuff that I referenced on the show today, the value meter, which is our weekly rankings for a lot of different formats, and all our articles with the snap counts and, you know, target share, air yards, all this stuff helps you make the, make the best and informed fantasy decisions. So you can get all that with a free trial at rotowire.com slash free, no credit card required. We're not going to charge you after 10 days. You get 10 days to use this site. So if you sneak in and get it right before Sunday, you can get two NFL weeks to see how you do and like us. And of course, uh, you know, youtube.com slash rotowire for my waiver wire show on tuesdays and then we have a revolving door of of hosts to uh to keep you up to date on all the latest news preview the next week recap previous weeks and uh just cover all your fantasy football needs so uh i hope you guys check it out and and hope everyone has you know great luck in their fantasy matchups and and gets on the right track to get through these bye weeks one of these weeks jake i'm just going to ask you who's the guy you lock in the basement to just watch all these games to make sure they have all the ratios right and snap you know, snap percentages and all that. I mean, that's just a taxing job to watch all of that. And you guys have all that information just like that and snap a finger. I'm like, you, you've got to have some guy locked downstairs. You feed him once a, you know, a day and, and he just watches all this. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a mix of <laughs> carefully curated stat providers of all different kinds. You know, we can do a deep dive on how some of these come yeah. comes up behind the scene on the in, on, in the industry one of these weeks. Yeah, that might be fun. But yeah. no, it's a it's a variety of sources. Perfectly curated Twitter lists and uh, just a couple of real dedicated individuals here at the site. So we do all that work so you guys don't have to. You guys can watch the Packers and Red Zone and <laughs> yes. uh, and enjoy your week and look at the scores here. But uh, we'll do the deep dive to tell you the real story behind the scenes of what happened in the rest of these games. I love it. Jake, again, thanks for your time and best of luck this week. Right back at you. I appreciate you having me. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while you're at it. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.